You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Wow, I feel like I... I feel like I just ended a show. Are we starting a new one? What's going on here? This has just been a continuous show. (laughs) We've actually just been here the entire time. Still on my first air horn. (laughs) What is up, everybody? Welcome to Casual Friday edition of the DMBA show. Let's go! Let's go. Man, there it is. Come here with still with energy, dude. Vote. I'm telling you. I got you, dude. This is where you shine, man. Summer. This is where summer. Summer. I didn't mean summer. I just meant like when we're all tired, you bring the energy. Uh, we're presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR, sign up, gamble along with us. A little get betting tip: take the abs tonight. Going to be a bloodbath. I can't wait for it. Um, I got the homies here. <laughs> I got the man with the wind in his hair, fresh off of his trip to Ball Arena. He's Ooh. back here with us. <laughs> The ice looked great at Ball Arena last <laughs> night. I looked at it myself, examined it. I I approve. Oh, I approve for Game Five tonight. Last okay. night was one of those nights where we realized, like, the Zoom era is probably over for the last three years. Thank in the pandemic. God. You say thank God, but at the same time, it could have been a Zoom. You know, it's one of these things where it's like a closed room Zoom. You know, could have been one of those things. Everybody goes to Ball Arena, waits for six hours. Could have been to have a, what is essentially a Zoom conversation <laughs> with Calvin Booth. Uh, nonetheless, you know, um, we move on. Over here, a man who looks like a painting. Brennan, vote. I like how they let wind onto the ice because they probably just thought he was Nathan McKinnon. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, fine. Uh, uh, you're definitely gonna win the yeah, intro today. Trying to get a night skate in. You're definitely gonna get the the win unless D line. Can bring up the rear here. Back cleanup. Is that the that the the throw to the throw to? That's it. Usually go, go to some kind of prompt. Uh, what's up, guys? Colorado Avalanche. Uh, I don't remember anything. What happened last night? The Colorado Avalanche. Okay, don't. No, no, that, not that. No, you there. were on a yeah. draft show. Yeah. I don't. That, that, I, <laughs> you were that, on a draft that show. That does not. I would remember. I would remember. That. I would the Nuggets sure made that. three picks last night. I, you analyzed some of them. I wouldn't say I analyzed anything. I would say I reacted. You reacted. <laughs> Gave your reaction. Um, we all did react, and we're going to react again today. You know, um, you dig de- a little bit more. You get some intel, talk to some people. Uh, we're going to share some updated perspective and maybe information about the draft picks, and then also turn our attention now to free agency, which begins next week, and talk about, okay, what's left on the to-do, to-do list? It feels like mm-hmm. a lot, but maybe not. We'll talk about that. <laughs> what do we expect? What do we need? How big a moves now have to happen for you to feel like, okay, they did a lot this offseason? We'll get into all of that. But you guys know, in preparation for our trip to Serbia, we are being <laughs> educated by none other than the homie Miroslav on Serbian Corner on Fridays. Why don't we bring him in? The professor himself, <laughs> Miroslav Chuk. Should we do at some point a 
test to see how we've retained all of the information. Oh, oh God, no, we better not. We better not. <laughs> this is, it's like every week we take a, a test and a, and then that's it. There's that's all you have to do. It's like college. You ever have the college classes where you just had to like? Yeah, yeah. We got the syllabus. Yeah, if you just want to email us the syllabus, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> are these notes going to be online, Miroslav? <laughs> yes, I will. I will make them all available. Let's go. Thank you. Uh, well, it's good to see you, buddy. So, um, you know, it was a late night for us. Is it an early morning for you following the draft? No, it was it was horrible. It was from two two a.m. to five thirty a.m. So it was it was a massacre for from That's my side. That's what it side. felt like to me too, honestly. Like, seems like it's the same timeline. Uh, do you have but any least, takes on uh, Niko Jovic to the Heat? What do you think of that fit? Oh, it's, it's just chef kiss. It's yeah, wow. I I, I I feel for for poor Markiev being 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 terrified when he starts reading his teammates' new new name so that's beautiful that's just wonderful yeah it actually is pretty hilarious that he went there i think that's like a pretty funny fit It'd be really Mark funny he's definitely gonna do a double take yeah. he's like wait what dude he's gonna haze him extra hard this kid's gonna be like why me i don't understand do you uh i want to get what we're gonna talk more about the draft after we're, we're done with serbian corner but just kind of give us your initial reaction to the fact you know to the guys that were picked but also you know that the fact that they didn't make a trade that they ended up picking not just two guys with two picks but acquired a third one yeah and, and a fourth one as well as as a free agent for the for the for the two-way contract right 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 so, a fourth player yep so yeah i feel so pumped we are approaching the 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 championship or bust the championship with like four rookies yeah you can't get much better than that so great. <laughs> yeah. that is kind of funny so it sounds like you're kind of critical of it in a sense or maybe at least skeptical at this moment i'll wait for a, a, another week to see what happens on july 1st to to give my my final judgment of what's been done but it's it's not uh, crazy optimistic from my side right now but we'll okay. see we'll yeah. see it might get better um what do you think of christian brown i mean he's the real piece that might make an impact next season what's what is your kind of read on on him as a player well, I like the fact that that uh, Calvin Wood said that he was his guy. He's, he was the guy he really wanted. And of course, he will say that because imagine if he would say, yeah, I wanted this other guy, but unfortunately, I had to pick Brown, which really sucks. So I guess, I, I mean, it, he looks really, really good, like a, like a good defender and a useful offensive piece as well. I like the fact that he's 21. So he, he has three three seasons under his belt. He should be more ready than than a project we picked at at pick number 30 and i won't even bother remember his name for next couple of weeks so uh, <laughs> all right <laughs> so yeah yeah let, let's uh, I, i'm a bit optimistic about that part of the of yeah the i i can say with a lot of confidence that that was the nuggets guy and like large part like i said Intel came in before the draft that that was going to be the guy. So the fact that it was, I don't think there was a last second. Like, oh, crap, we're stuck with Brown. I think it was going into it. Hey, heads up. This is the guy they end up taking him. So um, so I feel pretty confident that. Um, you're here, though, to educate us and to teach us about <laughs> the wild world of Serbia. What is it uh, you can teach us here? What do you have for us today? Well, can we, yeah, we can see the, the presentation built by me. <laughs> Beautiful presentation. Can we get the slide number two, Ali, please? 
I just love the way he Me says too, it. Man. It's such a professor's yeah, voice. Like, who does this guy think he is? Slide two, please. <laughs> Doing it his whole life. So, places to visit in Serbia before you die. <laughs> oh, jeez. Wow. Uh, Wait, no, are we going to die sorry, in Serbia? Yeah, no, no, I, I shouldn't have said it like that. Yeah, sorry. man. Places to visit in Serbia before you die. Yeah, okay. That's the phrase. That's the phrase. You answer my so question. Did, are yeah, we yeah, die yeah, like, honestly, is, there, is that a concern? Because it wasn't a concern until you said that. Now, Tracking slight concern. The, the death concern. <laughs> Leisure tourist edition. Can we get the next slide, please? <laughs> Just okay. Cook. So I've picked four four places in Serbia, and to be honest, they are not like the top four places. You will you will see some some of the other places in Belgrade, for instance, or in Novi Sad, that are really nice. And I'm I'm not using these places right now. I wanted to take four corners of Serbia, like north, south, west, and east, to to show you different corners of Serbia. So the first the first thing is Javolja Varos or Devil's Town. Yeah, we're dying. Devil's Town. Wow, okay. <laughs> Devil's Town. So Devil's Town, this natural monument is comprised of two natural and rare Look at all in the world text. phenomena. <laughs> was this copy and pasted from Wikipedia? I'm not reading that. Mira. You can tell me if it was. <laughs> I, I did the translation. Come on. <laughs> so okay. the soil figures and specific forms of relief. Ellie, you can you can put the the the, the previous uh, slide, yeah, just, just for everybody to see while I'm reading. And the two springs of extremely acidic water with high mineralization. Oh. These two rare phenomena are together observed as the devil's town and are a remarkable wonder of nature. The peculiarity of these wonders of nature is complemented by the natural surroundings of the soil figures, seeming very harsh, almost mystical, and in the wider area, picturesque. And I like I like that in Colorado we have Garden of the Gods and you guys in Serbia have Devil's Town. Like yeah. It really shows the difference of how we view nature. <laughs> you know, I like that it's a town too. Yeah, it is a town, a bunch who's, of devils yeah, running right, about. Uh, yeah, are the devils living in this town? Most probably. Okay. Uh, Miroslav, are we going to see this place? No, no, it's very <laughs> far away from where you okay. will. Coming. So okay. I wanted to show you, show right. it to you. Maybe, right. maybe next time. Okay. okay. Let's yeah. Sometime Serbia, Serbia trip two will yeah. be there. Yeah. yeah. So, so you you can see some of the photos of the Devil's Town as well here. Oh, the there's a lot to it. Slides. Look at those springs. My God, that's gorgeous. It's like, like Yellowstone. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Zion, Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a little bit of all of it. Okay. It's really, it's really nice. I'll okay. bet you there's Let's great move. birds. Let's move to the second one and look at this beautiful canyon. So this is Canyon Reke Uvac or Uvac. Canyon, you can see how, how the river meanders here in a really, really interesting oh, wow. S. Yeah, that is cool. <laughs> wow, great feature. S for Serbia. <laughs> That's a great That's feature. <laughs> this is great. So the Uvac River's spectacular meanders are the highlight of the 75 square meter Uvac nature reserve in Western Serbia. The incredible green river snakes through steep limestone rock in a zigzag manner a feat of nature that's best admired from high above at Molitva or Veliki Vrh lookouts. The reserve, which also comprises of six kilometers long cave system, owes its protected status to 219 species of plants, 24 types of fish, and 130 bird species, there we including go. the endangered Beloglavi soup or Griffon vulture. 
Oh wow, the Griffin, the Griffin wow. Vulture. Are we going you here? Google Griffin Vulture. No, no, it's okay. too far away from. <laughs> All right. Well, before we die, well, I'm I would be down I'm comforted to, go there. to know that he's not planning on killing us. I'd rather <laughs> go true. there than the Devil's Town. <laughs> oh man, with all the birds for sure. Okay, what else? Yeah. What else we got? Yeah, and 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 other another picture as well, Ellie. Yes. Oh wow, mm-hmm. what really a sun! What a sunset, man! Wow. And you, and you can you can see the beautiful bird in the middle. Oh yeah, yeah look at that! That's the Griffin Condor. Yeah, it, it wasn't Vulture. made by me, but Vulture. What you gonna do? Okay, next long, site. Long wingspan, by the way, if we're still in draft mode. Really? For the vulture. Great yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what are the measurables on that? <laughs> Seven and a half to nine, to 9.2. Whoa, that, that's yeah. crazy. That's positive wingspan? Yeah, that, is positive. that is positive. Okay, he's, he's draftable. Though. Draftable. Yeah. <laughs> we are now moving to the eastern Serbia, and this is Vodopad Veliki Buk, or Waterfall Veliki Buk. Uh, this, uh, this waterfall is also known as Lisine, and it is located in eastern Serbia near Resava Cave, and... Manasya Monastery. It mm. is no Niagara Falls, but there are no pork and lamb roasts, Serbian grill, or local kaimak in Niagara. So this, oh, will, this well, will work as well. I didn't so, follow that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. You, you can see the following photos as well. It would be fun if this trip were constantly like bathing in waterfalls together. This that would is, be a really good trip. Sense. It sounds like yeah. we're going exclusively to... So, Wow. So this is this is the Manasya Monastery. It is inside of a fort. It's a beautiful monastery and a beautiful fort in eastern Serbia. And the slide before that was the cave, the Resava cave, the most famous cave in Serbia. Okay. Are, are, there, any, are, you, would, are there any places we should see where people are or no? <laughs> just like an ice cream shop. Like you guys just showed up and there was everything. You haven't, you haven't done anything that's... Site-worthy, since <laughs> we can't build anything. It's beautiful, <laughs> natural wonders. Like, no building. Tu- tourists come to these caves. I'm not sure how many of them returns, but a lot of them come. <laughs> okay. Oh, you dog. You dirty dog. Okay, let's move on. The final place for today is Lake Palic. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh. Now, this, this is something you might see, actually, because it's close to Subotica, which is close to Sombor, so we might take a trip to Lake Palic, one of my favorite places in Serbia. Lake Palic is shockingly a lake located on the far north of Serbia, near Subotica, not so far away from Sombor, as I already said. It is a good place to go for some top-notch fish stew, but also some other specialties from Serbian and Hungarian cuisine. And we can see a couple of more pictures okay. as well of Lake Palic. Wow. That's it looks like beautiful. there's this big palace on it. Is there, what is this called? Do you know? I'm looking at pictures online as we do this as That's well. That's Nico Jokic's yeah. home. <laughs> yeah, Ali, looks like. Ali, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can see this and this, yeah. Yeah. No, now, this last slide, this is a ju- just a one gigantic uh, Yeah, that's it. Place. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah. It's a, it's a coffee place. What? <laughs> it's a coffee place built, built in former Yugoslavia, and it's quite, uh, how to say, from the old times, but it's really nice. It has a beautiful view, and it's right on the, right on the lakes. So. Miroslav, I have to ask you, where do you, really stand like on, where do you stand on iced coffee, or ice in general, in a beverage? Oh, that's, that's a really good question. Thank Thanks. Thank you for the, for, for the question. Uh, I would say I, 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 I take every every tenth coffee during the summer as an ice one. All right. Every tenth? What? That's a yeah. Most man. most of them I still take hot during the summer. Yeah. Wow. 
Man, that's crazy. I think it's weirder that you've got it I'm, down I'm, to like a science like that. Every ten. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm actually traveling to Greece next week. Oh, congrats! They're famous for their for their uh, iced coffee over there, like ice frappe as they call it. Yeah. And I hate it. And I hate <laughs> it. I don't, I don't like it. A lot of people love it. I don't love it. So I, I take it off. Hot, uh, coffee snob Miroslav, if it did not, not expect well, I, it. I, I've, I've come to learn that ice in general is a very controversial topic in all of Europe. Really? They don't like ice. How do you not like ice? Uh, that's what I was hoping to understand from Miroslav. I don't understand wow. it, man. Like a nice cold beverage? It's like so we've, we've like society has created all these luxuries for us to kind of enjoy. How would you pass on that one? My feeling is, and Miroslav, please. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that uh, the Serbians are live in such an old culture that they hate all new ideas, <laughs> <laughs> and that ice came in after that Devil's Town and that Tower, all of these places, yeah. and they were like, "We're done with new ideas." Yeah. Am I right or yeah. not? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually just spoke to my buddy. He's living in San Diego for the last ten years, and he told me that for some reason Americans like everything much colder, comparing to to what Europeans do. I mean, we do like cold beer and, you know, cold beverages in, in general, but they're not as cold as they are in, in, in the We like it wow. cold, baby. Man, we're really getting into the weeds here. Yeah, well, this, this is going to be... Listen, uh, this is going to happen, though, yeah. I was going to say, if anything... If if anything we've learned today uh, is going to affect our trip, it's not going to be Devil's Town. Right. It's right. Be, can we have ice? In <laughs> can we have ice, ice in our coffee? And they're like, "Get yeah. the f out of my country!" <laughs> of like, damn it! Yeah. I'll tell you what. The we one ask thing, for ice, and they take the us to thing, Devil's Town. This is mostly a European thing, but it is, I think, a broadly a Euro- or I mean, I'm sorry, a Italian thing. But like the idea of putting milk in your coffee could like be offensive, you know. This that I'm like, what are you talking about, man? You got to put milk in the coffee. That's coffee. You're like, it's very bitter. Otherwise, yeah, it's like actually got that that good. So are we gonna? Can we put some milk and sugar in our coffee, or is it? Are we gonna have to bring it ourselves? Do I have to bring ice from home? I am very pro milk in coffee. Oh, okay. It's, It's not. It's not good for you. It's actually a terrible combination of coffee and milk, because milk is used to calm your stomach. And coffee is used to make your stomach burst. So when they clinch together, it's really bad. I'm going to need to do some research <laughs> but, I, but I love it. I still take it like that. This, Serbian corner is by far I the need best. I see a couple it's peer-reviewed so, so studies dumb, on that one. But so good. This Serbian corner has a lot of smaller corners packed inside of it. What really? I really want to ask you now, Miroslav, it, it, before we get out of here for this segment is, you know, the trip now, as we have talked about, aiming for that first week of September, which lines up with Eurobasket. I mean, obviously, it's a big deal. Nikola Jokic sounds like committed to it. Just kind of tell us what set the scene for us. What is Belgrade going to look like? Game one of pool play for Eurobasket featuring Nikola Jokic. <sighs> I don't know. I, we, we have, we'll have to see it. All the bars will be full for sure. During during every game, let's go. And the, the the hype will be really really high, and hopefully hopefully the team will will play good enough to to keep the hype real high. Because to be completely honest, I am not a huge optimist coming into <laughs> this Eurobasket. I'm yeah. I'm a less of an optimist than what I used to be like in 2019, and uh, hopefully I'm wrong. And and just you just rely on. On the best player in the world, and you just crush everybody. But I don't think it's it's gonna be that easy. Uh, luckily, Coach Pesic, he is known to be a guy that trusts his guys a lot. So, famously, he, his uh, his last uh, uh, big uh, championship with Yugoslav team was in back in 2002, the the World Cup in America that that Yugoslavia won, 
and he just said, okay, I have Divac, I have Stojakovic, I will just play NBA basketball with those two guys and everybody else just fit in. So hopefully, hopefully this will be the, the way he, he, will, uh, he will approach the, the Eurobasket this we time around. Uh, we kind of talked about, you know, first week for pool play or second week for tournament play, and I'm thinking, I don't want to be there if they lose. <laughs> I kind of do, actually. I don't. Like, we're going to be at the bar. We're, like, there to have, have a great time and everything. And everybody's just, yeah. like, mad. But Maybe we, blaming us somehow. Like, I just don't, I don't want that. And they've got ice in their drinks. Man, we'll See? get these guys yeah. out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although maybe if we come across a downtrodden country of Serbia and we're able to lift their spirits through our yeah. friendship and our jovial nature. Yeah, I'm sure we'll that's be just it. crowned as kings. We could live in that... Uh, coffee house that coffee house that we saw or maybe at that lake yeah <laughs> we're just screaming to everyone don't worry guys the nugget season will be great championship or bust championship or bust uh we got peyton watson all right miroslav very educational as always do you have I've, any parting wisdom for more. us uh, yeah I've, I've, this is going to come in so handy uh, for sure <laughs> Oh, yeah, next week, Serbia's best <laughs> wax museums. So, the guy on the no left way. is, you, you have to trust me, this is Vlade Divac on the left. Oh, my God. And on the right, it is Novak Djokovic. So wow. these are the, the real wax figures from one, well, actually, the only wax museum in Serbia. And yeah, I so. love that you call it a Vax Museum say, for Djokovic. I got to say, Vax <laughs> Museum, some <laughs> of the weirdest, like one of the weirdest things ever. Uh, wax museums? Yeah. Poorly done wax museums are a treasure. It's like uh, life-size bobbleheads. What are, <laughs> is there a non-zero chance we can finish this whole experience with our own wax recreation? Oh, uh, can you imagine? It would have to be a legendary I've been run. dreaming of this my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> Not only can I imagine, Just I can be, I can show you a detailed be remembered plan. in wax. If, if you can, plant the seed to some of the people out there. We would appreciate a wax yeah, like museum for us. So, yeah, only at the best wax museum. The, though. Yeah, the top I, wax I, artisans only, please. I think the the, the bubbleheads are more realistic, but we'll see. we'll see. All right, Miroslav, thanks so much, buddy. Have a great weekend. Let's uh let's take a break. On the other side, we're gonna get serious again and dive into some more details about the draft from yesterday. Well, if you guys haven't been able to watch Nuggets and Avs games, Rapids games uh, this entire season for the last three years. Evoca TV, they've got Altitude Sports, they've got other national channels, they got AT&T Sportsnet, and you can get Evoca TV for just $15 a month for those first three months. Go to evoca.tv slash DNVR, use the promo code DNVR, you're going to get $10 off your first three months, that comes out to only $15 a month for those first three months, plus a receiver, no contracts, no hidden fees. They're not going to lock you in for multiple years. They're not going to hike the price up on you. Promo code DNVR at evaca.tv slash DNVR. You're going to get $10 off Evaca TV for your first three months. That's only $15 a month for those first three months. Altitude Sports, AT&T Sports, that other national channels as well. Gets it, up with, gets it up with it this summer. So you're good to go in the fall. At DraftKings Sportsbook right now. We've got Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Finals tonight. The Stanley Cup Final, excuse me. Stanley Cup Final. Uh, The final chase for the Stanley Cup is here. 
And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Stanley Cup Final, has a can't-miss offer for the most exciting series in sports. New customers can bet $5 on either team to win their game. Get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Also, check out DraftKings Sportsbook Same Game Parlays. Turn a small bet into a huge, massive payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. New customers can bet $5 on either NHL team to win their game. Get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Stanley Cup Final. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, back here, segment two. Let's dive, re-dive back into the draft a little bit. Um, what, provide what, some new they context. They, <laughs> they took Christian Brown uh, with 21. Peyton, Peyton Watson with 30. We all, all right. had him number one on the big board, as I recall. And also Kamagate. Kamagate. Who I've told is like, it's Kamagate, like say it casually. Kamagate. Kam- like casually. Yeah, maybe like don't Friday put the casually. flourish. Yeah, like if you like, it's almost it's impossible to, to not to. That's the hard part. Kamagate. Yeah. Kamagate. Um, so we'll get you won't have to say his name for another year, though. I know. Call him Ishmael. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's actually, you actually never have to say his name I, again I after this week, so don't worry about that. Nothing. He's good. I got it. You know, I'm a Kamagate guy. Like, I'm high on him. Um, well, let's talk about that. So having a chance to kind of talk to some people and digest wind is any part of your perspective on any of these guys. Is there any new information or new perspective that you sort of take for this or maybe even just a new emphasis on an already established perspective? Um, yeah, I think naturally you have a little different view of it after kind of your reaction in the moment. Look, I think what the Nuggets ultimately did tonight might be kind of judged by the Next moves they make in the trade market. Definitely. I think in that part agency. is no question. Yeah, because if they don't make any moves, this night's going to look bad. Um, if they are able to make a move or two, I, I think this night could look very good. Right. Um, Christian Braun, I would look at him as a guy who's going to compete for. <laughs> we're going to do this rotation in next every season. Yeah. It's Brown. We're yeah. going to do it every time too. It's, it's so hard. It's I like, blame him. You've got Calvin Booth, Christian Brown, like. B B O B R. It's like right, just don't, don't, don't look at the name. Just, yeah. just be like picture Brown. Christian yeah. Brown. Christian yeah. Brown. I would you you should expect him to try to compete for rotation minutes next season. Peyton Watson. I view him as a guy who is definitely a year away from making an impact. He's going to be in the G League a lot, and I think the Nuggets looked at him and said, "Hey, if he went back to school, he could be a high first round pick next season, a lottery pick maybe." So. Let's take him now and develop him, and you know next year we can reap the benefits of that. And then Kamagate in the second round, the Nuggets don't have a first-round pick next season, so they're going to stash him, bring him over next year. You can look at that as the first-round pick, but there's still a lot of work left to do. And Calvin Booth even said that last night. There's still work left to do because I don't think the Nuggets moved a step closer to winning a championship last night. And that was one of the goals I outlined at the top of last night's draft show. Um, they still need to do that. Right. So there, there's unfinished business, D-Line. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Um, I think, again, this is because it's so on my mind right now. I think we can go ahead and say that's not a I think. This is the line that they are saying, that they view Peyton Watson as a draft early type. 
I don't remember. There's you know, front offices use this like who's the guy we're a year early on. Jokic was this. Jokic, he was a second round this. Yep. But Tim Conley always talked about when they took him, they're like, we think if we waited a year, because if they didn't draft Jokic in 2014, they could have tried to in 2015, but he might have gone to, we already know, to Real Madrid or whatever, or he might have gotten drafted by somebody else the next year. They were like, if we do it now, there's a chance he has a breakout year. He did, of course. And if Jokic was drafted in 2015, he probably goes 12, 13, 14. He goes in the lottery. A, a guy that I have heard different stories of you know there's different types of guys Obi Toppin maybe was one of these guys who went back to school had a great second year and then it ended up being a, a lottery pick uh John Morant's maybe the most famous one goes to college has a good not great year looks like he has some flaws goes back all of a sudden he's the number two pick and a superstar so there's always these guys where you're making the thing <clears throat> Peyton Watson the team is representing and is saying hey this is a guy that we feel he underwhelmed in his rookie season, and that's why he was a 30th pick. But they believe that if he were to go back to college, next year he would have been this really high pick. And, like, why not get him now? He's yeah. going to fit that timeline for Denver. So Denver doesn't have a, a first-round draft pick next year. This almost feels like next year's, to me, next year's first-round draft pick. He'll probably be in the G League this year. He's probably going to make no impact on the team. But maybe it's the one year that you, the redshirt year you need, and next year he's your draft pick. Yeah, I mean, that that like strategically makes sense it like like i can understand the the thinking um you know i mean it's like we were talking we talked about this already at ad nauseum last night like whether or not i mean clearly these are their guys these are the guys that they believe in um so i think that i i personally put a lot of stock in that because i i think that these guys know what they're looking for and they like understand you know how to evaluate basketball players <clears throat> again my my thing is just like did we did we did we get our guys in the most yeah. strategic way? Did we get our guys in a way that also then sets us up for future in in the context of uh, asset management? Did we get our guys in the way that, you know, like, and maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe, you know, like at the end of the day, like if you just have good players, that's enough. And there, you can get lost in the, the game of uh, GMing a little bit, like. There's always like the the really clever guy in the, any fantasy draft that like gets the sleeper picks or whatever, and it amounts to you know maybe they they do well, they get a couple guys, but they don't. Just, oftentimes, like just making the right pick, getting the right, I mean, just getting the right guys is the whole game, right? Like it just, you know, I mean, I, I guess for me again, it's just I I am I am so accustomed to feeling like our front office is getting over on other front offices. And so to feel like we're just the draft specifically in the draft specifically. Yeah. That, that hasn't been the case at all when it comes to the phones part of right. the GMing, but the draft part, um, you know, I mean, per perhaps we were, we were spoiled. So, but I love the idea that they, you know, in the way that you're talking, I mean, the guy is an enormous human being he has very long arms he has all of the things that you look at when you're just kind of looking at a basketball player in the abstract and look he looks like a great basketball player and to know that he has great speed and you know um, side to side action he's able to be a real impact on defense I mean that already is something just so sorely needed by the Nuggets and then you're, you you start to wonder like okay do they even need any more offense you know do they even need a guy that they can even turn to I mean obviously you don't want somebody that's so horrendously deficient that their defender can sag off of them and, and clog them right up. but i don't know I, I i just in in just like ruminating on this throughout the night i mean i i sort of was left with the idea like okay 
we drafted defense. We drafted defense. That's exactly what we needed. I shouldn't be upset. I had ideas of who I wanted, but like, what are those based on? Right. You know, so I don't know. That, that's kind of where I am today. I think Brown, by the way, when you were talking about, uh, to me, I don't think that's like a wasted asset. Like, I know a lot of, there's a lot of speculation. Could you have traded back and got him at 25, 26? I honestly don't think so. I think he went where he was supposed to, and I think that they went into this draft with n- items checklist. Number one, get Brown yep. at 21. And don't be too cute about it. And don't be it. too Just cute about it. Him. And then, yep. like, item number two, I do think there was probably some flexibility there. Right. Trade's going to happen 30, this or that. I don't know that it was like, hey, Peyton Watson, that's we got at 30, we got to get him. Right. It was read the board, read the room, try to do some stuff, These and, and this guys, is right. one of our options. It was a guy that they really liked and had that perspective on, and then when the option came, of course we had, I think Mike Singer even reported it out around pick 28, Denver's going to use 30. So I don't think this was a thing where they're on the clock and they're like, hurry, call, like, get right, this right, that. Right. I think it was one of those things where they were reading the draft throughout the night, when it got to a certain point, they were like, all right, we're going with plan whatever. Maybe that was plan A, maybe it was plan B, C, D, whatever. But it was like, okay, we have it a checklist in place of things that could happen. This is the one, and this is what we're doing in this scenario, whether you agree or disagree. Um, I think they came away from the draft, though, loving their haul. Like speaking yeah. with Calvin in person last night and just kind of getting a sense for his emotions and just his tone. He's ecstatic about their haul. Like, he is really, really happy they walked away with these three guys. Question, though. Have you guys ever been in the room after a draft? Yes. They felt yes. Like Tyler Lydon draft, you could They came out in separate press conferences. There were two press conferences. Two press conferences. It was a no question. And to be honest, man, like, even the Michael Porter one was one of those ones where it was like, I mean, it was mixed. It, 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 was, it was exactly how it played out, where it was kind of like, Man, this could be awesome. We're not sure. We're a little yeah. nervous, but man, this could be awesome. I, like I'm hamming it up, but they yeah. came out of the war room like holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, I, yeah, but I they came out of that in two ways, kind of like a, like this guy's awesome, but like also like holy hell, is this a risky but cool move? You yeah. know. So, I remember feeling that way when I was in Europe last time talking to you. I talked to you the next morning. I was like, how is how should yeah. I feel about this? You're like the way that you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. yeah. So I actually think that to that to your question, yes, it's not always the like rah rah you can kind of tell the bs rah rah versus the like this i do think and and i said this last night and i actually feel more emboldened after talking you know with front office people today that this is actually indicative of what they view their role to be right now i know that and a lot of people are going to say like asset management this or that we can talk about that as we get into the next segment about free agency because i do think it's a legitimate concern but I do think that this shows you that what do they value? They're like, we need to just get a bunch of defenders, and we yeah. need them on different timelines. Brown, right now, the hope though, I I believe the hope they believe the hope is that he's going to be maybe by game twenty thirty somewhere in that range, a guy that can play fifteen minutes a night in the rotation. That's their hope. I don't think it's like we're putting our season on it, but I think as they're saying, if he can get to that point, it's a boom for us because he is that caliber player. By the way, one of the things that I think was reiterated to me a lot today was the length. Like People are undersi- underselling his length. Specifically reiterated to you. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like, hey, this guy's 6'7". They're like, a lot of people view him as a 2'3". No, he's a 2. He's a 6'7", 2. Yeah. And like, I actually think this is fair. Barton is a tall 2. He's six foot six. Yeah. This guy's six foot seven. Now, the wingspan maybe makes them sort of comparable in that way, but uh, Brown projects to be a big, like, a 90th percentile length height too 
And I think that's part of what this is like. Oh, hey, man, yeah. we got to get taller. We got to get more athletic, and we got to get defense. And I and that's why I say whether you agree with the asset management or not. To me, this actually hints at hey. It's not going to be sexy. And by the way, when we get to free agency part next, I kind of think their moves there are going to reflect the moves here. Where we're going to look at them and be like, interesting, like, is that enough? But it's going to be like, hey, we got seven defenders on the roster now. Some are ready now, some are not, some are here, some are here, but we've got a lot of bodies. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like there was a clear draft philosophy this time around. Right. That was given to us verbally. It was reflected in who they brought in, who they talked to and reflected in the draft process itself. I thought it was clear. And and I do think I you know, Tim is a it's very good at drafting. It is like considerably more vibes based. Right, <laughs> right. He said it last night. Yeah. He, and, he had a quote last night where the Dane Moore asked him what he likes and he said, I like guys <laughs> that are nice. And I love that he used nice. Not ni- and I think some people are reading it because I saw some replies were like, like he means kind. nice people. No. He's like, no, man. I mean, that, that boy that nice. that boy nice. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, seriously. That's really, really what he what means. He that's exactly Dude, what he, he means. Because if you read the whole re- quote, he says at the end, he's like, I like guys that can ball or that something like that. I, 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 oh, wow. I really read that as he likes people no, no. that are it was, cordial. No, it was everything we've been talking about with Tim Connolly's draft history just coming together in one quarter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He really is that boy nice yeah. watcher. And it's worked out for him. But It's worked out So for, for better or worse, one thing we can state day one, the day after the draft, I felt like that was a, a discernible difference this time around. There was a clear strategy, and they followed it. Here, yeah. Here's another thing with Peyton Watson. Again, this is another thing the front office believes. This is the first time they've brought in a legitimate three. You know, he's a three. He's yeah, not a yeah, he's not yeah. a three, four, maybe yeah. more of a four, better at four, two, three, better at yeah. two, like Dave on or this or that. They're like, no, he is a small forward defender. And trying to go through the roster, there's been a lot of trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Like, hey, Malik Beasley's kind of tall and athletic. Can right. he be a three? Or yep. Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon, Will Barton, all these guys that aren't, but it's like, can we slide him? Even Jeff Green. And I think their whole thing is this guy projects, again, I don't think they have any expectations for him next year as and expectations of development, but not to help the Nuggets. But the hope is that two years from now, three years and beyond, he is the defensive three, straight three that is needed, and there's no ambiguity there. Absolutely. And to go back to a point you were making a couple minutes ago, I, this wasn't a sexy draft for the Nuggets, I don't think. Sure. It's not like they walked out with a Bones Highland or a Michael Porter Jr. or a Bull Bull that really gets the people going. But... <laughs> I just feel like they accomplished and did a lot of good business in this draft in terms of getting some of these defensive pieces that might be ready at different times. And the more I look at Christian Brown, the more excited I get. And you talk about him being a big two guard. Calvin Booth went into the NBA combine liking Christian Brown, but he watched Christian Brown play in two scrimmages at the combine and I think fell in love with him. At least that's the sense I get. Brad Brown had two 40, really good scrimmages. Vertical, by the way, which I think is the most no. under like yes. reported thing. The second best vertical at the combine. Well, consider this second too. best. Consider that the vertical is measured by how high you reach. So his arms are shorter too. So well, it's like jumping higher. Standing. Right? Well, I think it's actually standing. You measure it, then you jump and measure it. But so I'm it saying is still, like the arms are a factor uh, in the vertical, right? Yeah. But yeah, he's a hell of a defender. He's gonna play his ass off every single minute that he's out there. He's not afraid to piss people off. Michael Malone's going to love him and I think really appreciate his style of play. And yeah, he's a big time athlete as well. 40 inch vert and the wingspan thing. Calvin even addressed it last night. 
He goes, I look at length as like a, a whole package deal. You know, he's six seven at the two. Right. That's a little different than a six seven three or four. Right. right. And I was just looking at some wingspans last night. Alex Caruso, six five with a six six wingspan. Guy's a hell of a defender. Yeah, it's a six six wingspan. It's, it's the pr- same thing. This pretty much has an even wingspan. I'm telling you, that's the thing is it's a negative wingspan, but you're starting from six seven. Yeah, yeah. And right. it's only really, six six and a half. You really so should just measure their arms and not take into contest. If Alex Caruso can positive. get it done yeah, right. at a six six wingspan, I think Christian Brown can arms. get it done. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to hear the word wingspan for three months, but uh, we will. So oh, it's funny. That's all we're going to talk about. I, wingspan corner. The one thing I think, I don't, there's only one take that I have that I don't really regret, but that I kind of have a different perspective on from last night. And that was that I think Chris, that Christian Brown ups the goofy factor a little bit. And part of this is because when I'm only watching, I'm not seeing interviews. I'm only watching him play yeah. and run around. And he does look like a little bit like, you know, you look at him and you go, is this guy actually good? Right. He doesn't have that immediate look. I think he might be more of a Tyler Hero than he is like a uh, J.J. Reddick Tyler or something. Lydon. You know what I mean? Or Tyler Lydon. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, and what I mean by that what, is... What side of the Tyler... Tyler Lydon's getting a lot of shade in this show. I'm, I'm sorry, Tyler. <laughs> I'm just saying that I think this dude is going to be like flying off the handle a little bit. Not in like a in a crazy way or this or that. I don't think he's a dirty yeah, player or this or that. But that doggy, I don't bro. think people are going to be calling him goofy. People, yeah, you know what I mean. On, <laughs> you see what I'm saying. Opposing fans are gonna hate Christian Brown. Yeah. Right. I can already tell you that. Nuggets fans, I think, are gonna love Christian Brown. Everybody right. else is gonna hate him. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. I really like the pick. I really do. I Me like too. It the I do time. too. Actually. I liked it heading into I it. Too. I like it now. And I, the biggest thing I overthought was where they took him. But as has been pointed out so saliently, like. What, you can get too cute, and it can cost you OG, as we've seen in the past. Just take your guy if that's your guy. Watson, I like, uh, I, I like as a prospect. In so far as we've all said, we want to give, uh, or I like him more today than last night is what I'm trying to say. We all agreed to like give Calvin Booth the benefit of the doubt. Well, this is he, he seems very excited about this pick. His, you know, obviously he's the final decision maker, but his fingerprints seem all over this particular pick. And so I'll give it a chance. I right. might be that might be the guy that he identified. And I think I, he's the. I think Calvin was the highest on on Peyton Watson. Th- there's a particular point that folks are upset about, and I think it's valid. And we'll get to it. I'm sure in segment, in segment three. two, three. Um, the last guy, Ismail Kamagate. So with him, what's interesting is he's going to be a stash player. He's playing in. Uh, the French league. He's playing in Paris now. The thing is that league, I am told, is the second most athletic league. So you talk about there's different strengths or whatever. That one, athleticism. So the thing is, he dominated defensively against athletes. So the question of like, oh, is he just blocking shots from guys that are trying to do reverse layups around him? Like, no, he's playing against guys that are as comparable to the NBA athletically as you're going to get, and he's holding up athletically. The thing with him is going to be positioning and this or that. But he's a guy that I think they look at and think, you know, going to be stashed. Interesting story. He's going to be playing alongside, it looks like, Victor W., the number one prospect. Victor Weminyama. Yeah. I'm just going to call him Victor W. I think I like that's that. fine. That's I disrespectful. No, he's knowing his limits. <laughs> I know my own limits here. We'll get there. I'll learn it eventually. Victor <laughs> W., so he probably will end up being, it looks like, maybe an understudy. I heard this actually from somebody out of uh, – Flo, I think, first gave me a little tip on this, follow up, and then get it confirmed. So it looks like – that's a weird thing, right? You'd love for him to be the number one setter. Victor's definitely going to be the number one guy. We'll see that works. But I know that the front office also thinks there's a path. Again, a second-round pick is a bit of a flyer. But there's a path to where Kamagate might grow into a guy that plays alongside Jokic, that there might be room for those two guys because of his mobility, his you know 
ability to move out on the perimeter that yeah. maybe you face a matchup where you've got a, you know, a Dwight Howard-Anthony Davis combo. All right, Yoke, you got Dwight Howard. Kamagata, you got Anthony Davis. Like He projects to be the type of defender that can go out against a mobile long player and move his feet on the perimeter. So, uh, again, it's a flyer. I don't think you should be banking on that. But that's just kind of where he's at. So next year, the only downside I see is next year, it's going to be weird watching the stats and watching things come through for him when he's going to be an understudy that's a good point. to yeah. another player. You're just going to have to pay attention to the right stats, like blocks. you know, Block percentages even. Yeah, he had nine blocks in the game last year Yeah, in Paris. He won defensive player of the year in that French A-League. Notable. Yeah. So. He is a really highly regarded defender at 21 years old. You know, he, he's still fairly young, not, you know, an 18, 19 year old, but I think much closer to a potential NBA impact than that. But um, yeah, he's he's intriguing. So he's got some tools. Here's the thing now I want to go to is it, it, grading it right now is always dumb because we got to see these guys play. We used to for at least got to see yeah. them in summer league. Yeah, yeah, I refuse to give any yeah. judgment until I watch them on a basketball. But game. let's set the standard here. What would make one year from now? What would make you, D line, feel like that Christian Brown pick was a, nailed it? What, what, what would make it a, an A grade that one he, year from now? Uh, that he made an impact on the court, like that he yeah. actually. I mean, most likely with the second. I mean, in the same way that Bones did, like that. That was wow. a home run pick. I mean, yeah. like in that Bones did not start uh, at the beginning of the year, but at the end of the year, he was so undeniable that he had to get minutes, and then. Uh, you know, essentially won a playoff game for us. I mean, I don't, I don't need that to happen with Christian Brown, but I need him to be visible, like for him to actually impact this win now window that we're in. Like, otherwise, we're talking about win tomorrow, win next week. Right. When, you know, it's like if, if we, any moves that we make that don't impact winning now, as has been stated, like are failures, right? I think the only thing I would push back on that is Bones joined a worse team. Because there was no depleted team. It was depleted a team. perfect storm for Bones Highland Two with Jamal play. Murray yeah. being out also. But I do agree with – so I think that Brown's going to get much less opportunity and probably have less of an opportunity to make an impact. But I do think you're right in that can he be as ready to make an impact? And it might only be one game in a playoff. Or it might only be for three months of the season because yeah, it took 20. But as long as he's able to go in there and like, oh, so-and-so got hurt, he's got to play 12 games, what do you know? Locked up some guys over that stretch. I think for me, you're heading into next season. He's in the rotation. Right. And you know that. It, Not just a rotation, but he's a value season. add. Like, oh, season we after this. Precisely. Season. Right. Yeah. So this year we'll see. Like maybe he gets kind of the RJ Hampton gets to appear here and there. Because I don't think he's in this rotation right away. We'll see what happens next. No, we'll but be right away. Kind of sort of compete for it a little bit, take take advantage of some opportunities. But it, by I do think by the second season you want to say we like this kid. He's playing for us, and we know that. It might be a little bit of a mini or a lesser Kaminga influence where Kaminga won the Warriors with some games this year, and he played great. As you went on, clearly, okay, you're starting less to get out less. of the Kaminga role. Yeah, like he's yeah. less of this. And maybe Brown's that. Maybe Brown makes an impact in a game in the first round and maybe a half in yes. the second round. Nuggets hopefully going further than that. At some point, it's like, all right, we're down to eight guys. He's not right, one of them. Right, That's right, fine. Right. Don't expect that. Sure. Um, all right. The harder. Well, it, it, let me just say, if he can defend, if he defends like he did in college, he's going to play because as of right now, we'll see. They believe that he is going to be that guy. By the way, they think he's going to be an NBA level player, uh, defender. We'll see what moves they make from here on out. Trades. We think there could be one that comes. Free agent signings. As of right now, Christian Brown is a top three perimeter defender on the Nuggets. 
mm. air, of guys under contract. Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon. And then actually probably top two because Austin Rivers isn't even right. under contract. Well, yeah. He's a top two defender on the Nuggets right now. Right. So if he can defend at, at a level or close problem, to the level yeah. he did at Kansas – I think he plays. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he can be that Austin Rivers role. Maybe not right away, but by yeah. year two, I think that's the kind of guy. The, 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 the difference between them is that Austin Rivers has been through it so much that you worry less about the offense. Where, and this is the thing Precise. is you don't want to put a guy out of series. This is why I say the deeper you get into playoff series, you can throw a guy out there for one game. They're not game plan for him. You play him out there for like games four, five, six, and seven. Yeah. A team's like, all right, we're going to force this guy to dribble left and pull up from the mid-range or whatever. And it's like you can't expect a young guy to be prepared for all of those things. Can he guard a game here, a game there in a playoff series? We hope he can build up to that. I'm optimistic. The harder one, though, is Peyton Watson. What one year from now, where does he have to be that you go like that's a success? And I'll give you a little bit more than one year. I'll give you one year in two weeks so we get to the summer league of next year. I don't, I don't know. I don't think we're going to see enough of him over the next year that I'm going to feel like I, I can gauge this. I, I don't – you like to th- – you hope to hear that the team feels really confident he's turning a corner, that he can maybe fight for a rotation spot, wouldn't expect him to get it in the first two years even. So I do think this is more like a two-and-a-half, three-year thing before we start wow. talking about him. But maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe I'm Yeah, wrong. for me it's like I want to know that he's making a little noise in the G League. Like – we consistently some somehow end up with LeBron James in the G League. It's like <laughs> Tory Craig, it's Monte Morris, yeah. all of these guys that like go down and they make real noise. And I mean, not only that, like I just want to see it. Like I want to see yeah, it in summer yeah. league. I want to see these guys and be like, okay, I can see it. I can see it. Like, um, you know, does he I don't have know the biggest summer is. league for you? What's that? Does he have the biggest summer league for you? Like, he's the guy that maybe can really. Uh, if he has a no, great summer league, no, you buy it's it. definitely. It's definitely Brown, okay. for sure. Uh, but I just, you know, like the, so this is my problem with this pick is that we're th- we're just all like, you know, what are you gonna do? And it's a first round pick, right? You know, and it's yeah, like yeah. that 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 to me is troublesome. Like that to me is like I wish they would have maybe traded in the next year for a diff, you know, pushing it a year forward, whatever. Like I I hate just like how casually we're talking about something that is so valuable, you know, like it, it, it's a flyer. I get it, and. It's so expensive I want to flyer. Though. It's a very it's expensive, expensive flyer. flyer. So I want to I want to watch him play basketball, and I want to be convinced that this is a guy that can grow into the NBA game and can be impactful in the way that they're saying defensively, but also like you can just see it. Like for me, at that point, I'm like, okay, it's a success in that we have real potential here, and you know, a lot of things happen from that point on. But like at least like the starting point is good. Yeah, the first thing I'm going to be looking for at summer league is to see if he's just capable at all on offense yeah because that's what you're worried about his defense is pretty incredible but he couldn't get on the floor last season because he just wasn't capable offensively and ucla also had like a really veteran team 10 guys returning from their team two years ago to last year really good squad that was another reason why he couldn't play but the defense you just assume is going to be there like if the defense isn't there at summer league that's that's going to be concerning but you assume the defense is going to be there. If he could just hold it together offensively, I think that's going to be really encouraging. Yeah. And then, yeah, like D-Line said, he makes some noise in the G League. We start looking at some box scores and being like, ooh, okay. All right. you see Peyton Watson had three steals and four blocks last right. night? Whatever. Right. You see that plus minus? Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> so I think with him, one of the interesting things is his offense was kind of boosted, and I think that's part of this is like that's one I can read the company line. Like, hey, we – 
this guy's not as bad as he sounds on offense. It sounds to me like they view him more as you would view Jared Vanderbilt, where he has some tools offensively, but they're not connected. So it's like if you have a guy that can drive and get to the rim but can't finish, the driving and get to the rim is wasted. If you have a guy that, you know what I mean, yep. slashes well or something. And I think that's more of it. It's not that this is a guy that can't dribble, pass, or shoot. It's that they're too fragmented to be able to put together in a useful yeah. role. So he's going to have to like refine the connecting parts of his game and find a lane offensively where the, now it becomes a valuable trait. But that is calling card is defense. So it's yeah. defense, and can you find a thing that you do? Offensive rebound, finish at the rim really hard, draw fouls at the rim. Like, Can you find a lane offensively? And he has some of the traits there to make that but he's got to connect them and got to, got to refine them and polish them. For me, this is actually an easy answer because, to your point, it is a first-round pick. And they are prompting this as a second draft guy or that a guy that's going to be next year a first-round pick. I think that's what it has to be. Next year, yep. we have to look at him as a guy that we add to the roster and is our first-round pick of 2023. Yes. So to me, Davon Reed kind of feels a little bit like this. Not a first-round pick, but he feels like a guy that last year – was a test run for this year, and now Denver resigns him, and it's like, okay, Davon Reed's a guy. I think Peyton Watson has to be that caliber only in his own role, a different, obviously a different role, but it has to be that next year we kind of pencil in, boom, added a defensive player, and he's in the rotation. It's like, okay, you got him. He's going to be, if not in the rotation as the number two guy, he's yeah. got to be a tool that you're like, that's a guy now that we have that's going to be in short order there. So I was watching some of his tape last night. Kind of reminded me of a young Jeremy Grant. With how he moves, he's he's fluid. Like defensively, he like just moves. I think very very well. Gets through screens really he's easily. Super long, very long. Like his arms are just going. Kind of yeah. Jeremy Granish. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, that's not the worst thing. Um, and then Kamagate to me is he's got to come over next year. Like stashes are always scary because one year, all right, then they come over. Two years, you start to get the Peter Cordelli where you're just kind of like, this guy's already 21 and a half. Next year, he'll be 22 and a half. If yeah. you're stashing him at 22 and a half, it's, it's feels like a slippery slope to now he's a 29-year-old you own rights to. Yeah. But I, again, though, like if, but not consistently soaking up a roster spot. I mean, if you're just comfortable getting that second-round pick, it just... It just to me feels like a, a lower risk swing. Like what? What's really? It's the of worst course case. lower risk. It's of course lower risk. So if it, but if, I mean, it's still a failure if he just becomes a draft. Well, yeah, you want to choo choo mad about him. It's like okay, yeah. I, I guess I just mean I don't mind them getting going in to take him. Like what's you know what I mean? What's right. the downside of going? For but it? to me, that would be what would make it an A pick. Is if next year he's like you know what? Even if he's the fifteenth guy, the third center. Sure. If sure. he's a guy that's worthy of bringing over to fill a roster spot. He he's intriguing. Like you heard a lot of good things about uh, our friend Peter, but then physically. You just never, ever really. Bought, I never bought it. Bought it. Kamagate is so a stiff. much more advanced player than Cornelie was and at at this stage. Though he just won Defensive Player of the Year yep. in the A League. He played twenty seven minutes per game last season. Cornelie, I think, was playing around twenty per game. Yeah. When he came over, like Kamagate is is a much more known commodity. Can play I think. above the rim a little bit. I mean. Peter was just kind of yeah. like a big gargoyle out there. We are going to no see Kamigate in Summer League, though. So Very that's excited. Exciting. I'm actually yeah. excited that we're going to see all these guys. Like, I know that sounds I silly. I love it. it. It's, it's, it's like... Uh, we get to judge them right away. We get to see them. We get to render judgment upon them. I can't wait. <laughs> we no, get I, to I love, them, I, This maybe? is my favorite part. Like, I... Again, I, just to tell the story again, like, <clears throat> Bones Highland, we were excited, and then I just fell in love with him. It took Summer no League time. Because you can see it. Like, you can see the guys that are going to be impactful at the next level at summer league because they're not they're playing against inferior competition and so you know just it they move differently they they just yeah. they command a different gravity and then which is why it was so like jarring to see uh zeke like flounder so badly yeah. in summer league right. so 
Uh, but I lo- I do love that. I love that we don't have to wait a long time. We're going to get to see these guys on the court like right away. I honestly think everybody in Denver would be so much more hyped on Zeke if it weren't for that summer. If he just like rolled an ankle and didn't play last year, oh, totally. I feel like there'd be like everybody would be like five to ten percent more he, in on Zeke. His minutes were like good. They were good this year. They he shot good. well again, and like he yeah. does stuff. He got hurt. Um, he's not a great player, but I do think he's a serviceable one. And he had one summer league that was so bad. That you're like, man, the guy's floor is terrible. <laughs> the one thing, the last thing I'll say, then we'll take a break and get to free agency. The one thing on um, the summer league that I love, Gillespie, point guard, Brown, shooting guard, Watson, three, Kamagate, five. There's just no overlap. All these guys, we're, the Nuggets are going to start, most likely, start all the players that we want to see. And I just like that. We'll get a chance to see them all a lot. Connor Gillespie is going to play the second most out of any player the Nuggets added yesterday. I, I just... When, For when the Nuggets I, next when season. When I saw him at the workout, I was like, yeah, we'll see him in Vegas. What about oh, yeah. Adonis Arms? <laughs> Adonis He's an Exhibit arms. 10 guy. Probably G League. Exo- Adonis, Adonis arms. arms. That guy better have three arms at least. Or look, or <laughs> no, look like Adonis. He have does, though. Have you not seen him? No. It, it's actually a fitting God, name. Nice we were saying, I, we picture were, it. We That's were, him. Yeah, we were saying that this is like uh, like a, a porn name for a workout guy. Like, <laughs> if you were name yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I was saying that to them. Adonis, <laughs> it'll always remind me of Kenneth Reed referring to himself as an Adonis. And to me just being like, oh, my God, Kenneth. <laughs> <laughs> All he, right. You know what? He, he wasn't w- He really was. He but wasn't wrong. You don't have to say it about yourself. Come on, man. All right, let's hit a break. Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR, and it's summer. So if you're out at a park, if you're at a house party, if you're looking to indulge in some Breck brews, check out the Good Company Hard Seltzer uh, from Breck Brews and the Lemonade Seltzers. Uh, Like I said, it's the summer. They're perfect if you're just hanging out at a park. Gorgeous Denver summer day. Uh, Check out the Good Company Hard Seltzers. I'd recommend the peach. My personal favorite, number one on my seltzer power rankings. Uh, the Good Company Hard Seltzers from Breck Brew, the official beer of DNVR. Also check out the Lemonade Seltzers as well. Um, also, if you're in the mood for some pizza, we got to recommend Sexy Pizza. They sponsored every one of our Broncos tailgates. And with the Avs in the Stanley Cup final, we've got a special discount offer for our fans you guys can get 15% off your entire sexy pizza order when you use the promo code DNVRAVS, all one word, all uppercase. Just type in that promo code DNVRAVS, get 15% off your entire order from sexy pizza. You can use that promo code at www.sexy.pizza. Great pizzas, great salads, great sides. The garlic knots are fantastic. Use the promo code DNVRAVS. Get 15% off your order at www.sexy.pizza. Super Chat here says, from Flo, he says, Kamagate's PNR partner from Paris will play with him in Summer League. Great for his first steps. He's yeah. a PG from New York. Malone will love him. I reported that today. Kyle Alman Jr., 6'3 guard, who played with Kamagate in France last season. 6'3 guard. Yeah. Now you're talking my language. <laughs> <laughs> now back to, we got to get Getting a tiny closer. king. Gillespie's a bit of a tiny king. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's like six three, right? Six two, six three. All right, now now let's get into the maybe the the tougher part here, which is now we talk about free agency. Another sense I get from conversations today, I kind of think the Nuggets are not going to make as many free agency moves as everyone thinks. I think there probably is one, you know, rotation, big rotation player, backcourt rotation player, most likely in my opinion, Will Barton, that's going to be moved. 
and probably you're talking about a swap starting two for starting two maybe at free agency a free agent around the margins backup center i think those types of things but i don't think the brogdon move or something like that is going to happen first of all logically not a lot of things in the cupboard now you got a couple yeah. second round picks and you got players so logically sure. there's not a big swing but i think that that is kind of by design that the nuggets are looking at this going it's a, a marginal move it's really what's the replacement for say a barton or somebody like that what's the replacement there good shore up some holes move yeah. forward I always envisioned that if there was going to be a, a big move, it would be involving these two draft For sure. picks that they just made. Mm -hmm. For um, sure. So, yeah, what, I mean, what are they going to do at this point? Do you, but is that, so the question now becomes, let's set that expectation. Maybe we're wrong on it. It's my expectation. I think it's an educated expectation. How do you feel? The Nuggets come back with Jamal Murray, Defender X, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, and Jokic, and then Monte Morris, who, by the way, a target I would say to be moved at the deadline next year, like it might be a player that the Nuggets go into the season. Let's see how it goes. With the idea that that might be a player we move on from in February, you know, we'll read the core. Where's Brown at in his development? Where's Bones at? Are we? Where's Jamal Murray? Where's at? Jamal coming off an ACL? That's the biggest question of why you would keep at? Monte around. A thousand percent. Monte, Jamal might be a guy that needs a lot of time off early on in the year or minutes or whatever. Yeah. So I think that that is of the more likely scenario. But then you go with Monte Bones. Davon Reed, Zeke Naji, and center X, low, that, mid, cheap center X. If that's the roster, are is this a? Are you happy or unhappy with? Oh, how I feel unfolded? great. Really, I feel great. Win now. It's not like go get Kevin Durant, which right. is not. I say that that way because it's not a realistic thing. Denver is limited in the moves they can make right now. We know that. We know where their investments are. We know where their which their chi their chips have been pushed into which directions. And so it's about getting the margin move right. If they get yeah. the perimeter defender, if they add a backup center, and if we're sitting here at the deadline feeling good about the Brown pick, I feel great about the Nuggets. They were very close. Yes, they were very close the last time we saw them. That's the thing is that like I feel like. If they had the roster they had last year, but added Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal, Jamal Murray, Murray yeah. they would have been in prime position to really compete for a championship. Yeah. I, not much shakeup needs to happen. Like the real shakeup to me is more cultural than anything. It's you know it's probably moving on from Will Barton, and I don't even. Uh, the sad thing is, is like Will Barton is a good player. Yeah, <laughs> like he's a great. Like if you just look at him in. Uh, in a vacuum, you know, outside of your personal feelings about the way that he handles things down the stretch. You just look at his stats, at his measurables, the same way we're looking at these new players now that have just been drafted. Like, Will Barton is an attractive player to add to your team. Um, it's just, you know, that it, it feels as though it's run its course from a cultural standpoint, which is obnoxious. Like, um, I just think that he's like a... a He's a guy that can really help, um, and he has good relationships. But I just, I, I don't think, I don't see how they can bring him back. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. But think is that enough? Like, back. here's the big question, though, is because I, like, I would be pretty shocked. I think if Barton's on the roster, if they don't make a move and you're running back with the same starting five and effectively the same second unit, I just think that that's going to be like, come on, like, there's clearly you need more defense. The question is, again, let's just say KCP. I'm not, I don't know if that's the guy or not, but if it's KCP there, KCP. Brown, Davon, Gordon, that's your defenders, and then backup center X. Is that enough for you to realistically say we did what we needed to to win a title? I think it can be enough. I'd like another defender, though. Um, like, when Calvin Boot's been talking about his vision and, you know, the plan that needs to be put into action, 
for Denver to put that championship roster around Nikola Jokic, I've got to think it was more than just KCP for Will Barton. Right, right. Um, so I think that could be enough, like I said. I think Denver could definitely win the championship with that starting five and the bench that we think it's going to be. I would feel a lot better if there was one more elite defender. At what spot in particular? The three, Michael Porter Jr. spot. But how do you acquire that player? Through a Barton trade? Are, I mean, are we done? Is Austin Rivers no longer? I mean, I know that's he's a free a three, agent. Yeah, like, but I, I'd like him back. So he's an impact player. If impact he's on the roster, though, what is the what is the defensive like hierarchy? I love the idea that you just have tools and that you can pull from depending upon who it is you're playing any given night. There, there's different personnel that it makes sense to put Austin Rivers on than it does. You know, like he, is he? A, he he's, doesn't start. He doesn't. He's he's probably not even the backup. But it, we saw that a lot. So okay. So that's what, I'm just wondering, like, where he is with Brown. Starts ahead well, of him, but hopefully Brown out plays him. Yeah, can maybe I, mean, play I think probably, probably, yeah, you start with the veteran presence. That's yeah. Michael See, I, I think there's another player out there the Nuggets want, and I think that because of this quote Calvin Booth had last night when he was talking about that taxpayer mid-level exception, he said, we have a small group of guys that we would target. But then he said, if it's not there, we're not going to force it. Um, we're going to get try to get guys who are committed to playing defense and have experience that want to win. I guess my only So there's a, there's a list of targets that that are still out there. I guess my only hang up is when and I know it's different for role players, but when you say elite defender, I'm thinking that sounds out of the budget, you know, whether so to speak. Yeah. Good defender. Good defender. Yeah. yeah. Good to great defender. Yeah, I it feels a little bit thin to me. The one thing I will say and I hate to say this because it's one of those things where I don't want to be the guy that like Oh, we're just going to kick the can down the road. We're like, it's fine. Wait till you see the tapestry of moves and then it all plays out. But there is a scenario, and I hate it. It's not It's not how I would have liked it to unfold. But there is a scenario where, say, you do bring in a KCP. You do bring in a backup center who's a good rim protector, has, provides that, whatever, whoever that may be. And then you roll with the rest of the guys that you have. And that means Monte and Bones is your one-two off of the bench. And that means that you really only have one defensive guy, whoever they trade Barton for, that's your backup go-to defender. And maybe it is an Austin Rivers as well, but again, Austin Rivers is not the elite level defender. He's a very good one. He's like the B or C version of what we're talking about. Right. And if you're trying to win a, t a championship, he's not Marcus Smart. He's not Jalen Brown. He's not like one of these guys. But I do Marcus wonder... Marcus Smart didn't win a championship. <laughs> <laughs> but I do wonder if it's one of those things that Denver goes into the season. They think they need Monte Morris specifically to, to create the buffer for Jamal Murray as he recovers. With the idea that at the deadline sure. is when they're going to add that defensive sure. player. Um, again, I don't like the idea of kicking right. a the can down the road, and I really don't like the idea of them going into the season having not used the traded player exception and being like, oh, but they will, they will. It will be uncomfortable for everyone, and we're going to have to like personally answer for them for that, which I don't want to have to right, do. Right, right. But it is at least a scenario that could work out. Cons it could. Consider this. though, Even in the down years, with all the injuries and, and pieces in and out around him, the first thirds of Barton's healthy seasons have been very good. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. Is, oh man. Is, if I, I, I don't, man, pref I don't I, prefer that route at all. I'm just I would saying. be just, I'm just stunned saying. if he was on this team next. Like I would too. Like I a would, deadline. I would, stunned. I would agree. Deadline flip though. That's all. Like I'm Monte, I think kind of knows that the trade could be happening and like this or that. Like we, he just knows Barton. There's no way you can trot him out there and be like, 
we know we've been trying to trade you. We want Man, to trade you. Like, what are you working for? This, Why are you working hard in November when you know you're going to be this elsewhere? This is my true hope for this new front office is that they are good on the phone. So they, they, yeah. they start to get over on teams on trades and right. they start to make really deft moves and, and smart things. Like, you know, the, the for me, you know, having been a Tim Connolly defender for so many years, it's like any time that you get in an argument, like at a certain point where you're like, yeah, I can't defend that trade. It was a bad trade. Right. You know, like I that that he should have moved it. Early. I don't know. I, that that was bad. I agree. Like the man is amazing at drafting, and like he doesn't he didn't seem to have a lot of uh, prowess in other areas. So I'm hoping that Calvin Booth is more that style of, of GM. I'm I am predicting that we're going to be a little uncomfortable with however. It, like I just have a feeling that the thing is going to be just satisfying enough that you could look at it both ways. That you could look at it and say, hey, but they still have flexibility at the deadline, and the team has better and sure. is going to work out. But it's not. Oh, they realistically have a top eight defense. Like I think it's going to be somewhere in that middle, and it's going to cause for a lot of like conversation. I, man, I, I'd be thrilled with that. It's good for us uh, here on this podcast. I think Denver's <laughs> best chance at turning into a top five defense is just reshaping the roster fundamentally, and I don't think you want to reshape the roster fundamentally. Mm, no, you do not. I like the stars you absolutely, and do. I I don't know if this extends to Calvin and 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 Tommy and and the current regime, but I know that. Last year, Tim was not eager to do anything that was going right. to shake up that four and possibly five, but definitely those four. And so, like, that's where the Bryn Forbes trade came in. We don't want to not do anything because Jokic is playing well, but we're definitely not going to jeopardize what we think is a title group to go chasing our own tails. And so don't do that now. I think it's a margin mover way. You're probably right. Two defenders would make me feel much better. I just think we have to prepare ourselves for what winning this trade looks like for Denver is getting a middle, like a B minus B type of player. Uh, well, next week should be an interesting one. The guys Ooh. will be in town. We'll get to interview them down at Ball Arena, and then free agency begins. The rumors will start. Thursday will be free agency. Should be a wild one. Yeah. Um, so that's it for the weekend. We're a hockey te- a team now, dude. This is Hockey Town USA. <laughs> hockey Town USA. Led as by of tonight, D line. Led by, by D line. <laughs> We're gonna go change into our hockey gear. Hit that like button on the way out. Have a great weekend. We'll see you soon. Let's. Go.